0: Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today.
1: We are in the midst of, of a series on community. And last week we started. And as we talk about community, we're going to be focusing on this little phrase that appears about 60 times in the New Testament. And that phrase is one another. We had our introduction last week, and now throughout the rest of this month and in March, we're going to focus on this phrase as it comes up and how it relates to our living in, our doing, our being, our experiencing community. And my prayer in these weeks is that you and I are desiring and pursuing and knowing healthy, meaningful, God-honoring, spirit-led community. First at at a general social level because as followers of Christ, you and I, we are, we're called by Jesus to be salt of the earth and light of the world. So wherever you and I go, whether it's in person or online There is that life And that presence of God Resident in you And evident through you A spiritual fragrance Like a really nice Deodorant Because <laughs> The thing about deodorant is, is Number one, it smells nice And number two, it, 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 it really helps Against ugliness You know what I mean? And that stink and that stench, and the reality is that there is a powerful spiritual stink and stench to sin. And as that, I won't keep talking about deodorant, but as that, uh, we are and you are the presence of Christ, bringing relief, bringing life, bringing hope into a dark world. And that presence of God then is nurtured through us and in us, both by personal relationship with God because God is personal and loves us and loves relationship and also through intentional relationship with other followers of Jesus. There is power and there is witness in unity and we'll talk a bit about unity and this series is about, again, exploring community together. Foundational among the one and others, if we can have the, there it is, Foundational to the one another's is praying for one another and praying with one another. I believe that's as foundational of the one another's uh, as could be. And I realize that when we talk about prayer, there can be lots of different reactions. And uh, let me give you a few examples by way of, of animal pictures. We hear the word prayer and we could respond in at least one of these four ways, like these four different animals. The first... You could be like the squirrel. You know, squirrels are are excitable. And I could think of a a squirrel like this one going, prayer, prayer, where, when, where's it going to be? I want to be there. I'm excited. I'm nuts about it. (laughs) You want to go to the other extreme, and it would be (laughs) like your, oh, dear. Oh, dear. I don't pray enough. And what we don't want is guilt and shame from prayer. Amen? Because prayer is about a vibrant, ongoing, growing relationship with God. The third one is you might be more like the koala bear. Because the koala bear, I looked this up, koala bear sleeps at least 20 hours a day. I had no idea. And so for some of us, when we hear about prayer, we just think, prayer, really? Just wake me up when it's over. (laughs) Or wake me up when the guy up front stops praying because they pray so long in public. Or finally, I think a lot of us are like the rabbit. We're fine to attend and be part of prayer, but just please don't make me say anything. Don't make me pray out loud. Are you with me? You don't have to raise your hand because you probably would. (laughs) Prayer is all about relationship. It's very much a dialogue. And at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis, we're given this beautiful image of Adam and Eve walking with the Lord in the cool of the Garden of Eden. And that's what prayer is all about. It's about that ongoing walking relationship. The last song that we're going to sing Uh, this morning, has that same idea in mind. Or when Jesus was walking the earth and children came to him and his disciples tried to shoo them away. Say, Jesus is busy. The master doesn't have time for little people like you. And Jesus said, no, stop. Let the little children come to me because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The Bible reveals God is a patient, sacrificially loving, and yet also just parent who adopts us into his family, loves to interact with his children, and loves when his children listen to him and pray. Prayer is all about a relationship that recognizes complete dependence and that also exercises complete trust. One of the big differences between young children and adults, is that when young children need something, they'll typically, typically go straight to the person they trust and they'll ask for a lot of questions and they'll ask for help and they'll talk and they'll listen. There will be tension and conflict in any relationship, but where there's trust, they will talk and they'll ask and they'll listen. They will laugh and they'll enjoy. They'll run and they'll hug and they'll hold. The older we get, the more independent we come. And there's a necessity to that, there's, there's, there's good in that. But we can often lose that wonder and that joy and that innocence of children, can't we? God made us, we are dependent on God whether we recognize it or not because he holds all things together by his powerful word. And there's a paradox that God frees us through independence, or through dependence on Him, that there is a freedom that comes by being completely dependent on God. God wants us to be not independent entirely, but dependent on Him and interdependent with each other. This is my favorite picture that depicts Jesus. It's called the laughing Jesus, because I can imagine that expression of joy on His face as he stood with those children gathered around him. And just as children go to somebody that they depend and trust, God invites us to his side, so to speak, alone and together as well by his side, like a group of children. There have been so many helpful books written about prayer. Uh, they They seem to be almost endless. And one that's considered a classic Uh, was written by Andrew Murray, a South African pastor. It's called With Christ in the School of Prayer. I think it's a great title because prayer is something that we're constantly learning and growing. And that's why I say please no shame because we continue to learn that relationship with God and we continue to, to be able to hear and recognize the voice of the Spirit as He speaks to us. And Andrew Murray wrote this about prayer. As a tree has its root, Hidden in the ground, and its stem growing up into the sunlight. So, prayer needs secrecy in which the soul meets God alone, like the roots, and fellowship with those who find common meeting place in the name of Jesus. I love that image. I think it describes it very well. Now, there are two short passages from the New Testament that we're going to go to this morning for some direction about about praying for each other and with each other as community under Christ the first passage the couple of verses from the mouth of Jesus from Matthew chapter 18 and interestingly this chapter if you went back to the beginning of Matthew chapter 18 it begins with the disciples coming and asking Jesus so Jesus who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and i could just imagine when they did that that some of them, like students do, like I have done as a student, they would have been asking Jesus with this kind of, this tone of, huh, huh, come on Jesus, who's gonna be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Am I your favorite? Because after all, there were two disciples who with their mom went to Jesus and said, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, please reserve the two best seats, your left and your right, for my boys, for James and John. And what Jesus didn't say to her was, well, you know what, I'm actually going to be at the right hand of the Father. So if I have one of them sit on my left, he's going to be between the Father and me, so to speak. So we can't quite do that. But you know that tone of, of Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom? Maybe it's going to be me. But Jesus' answer to them was, calling a child to himself, setting him before them, He said, truly I say to you, unless you are turned or changed or converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. What a great reminder for us as we stress independence and and we stress the phrase, I've got this. That's what a lot of people say in society. Praise the Lord that that the word came to Wilmot Center Missionary Church, God's got this, not I've got this but God's got this. Whoever then humbles himself as this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's a necessary reminder that while we become independent in many ways, we never cease to be spiritual children absolutely dependent upon God, designed to be dependent on Him, interdependent with each other. So please be encouraged this morning about benefits of prayer for each other and with each other. I know that there are many people who are not comfortable with praying out loud, and I get that. But like so many things, it's a discipline, it's a practice that becomes more comfortable and more natural over time. I remember an old evangelist, and Pastor Wayne, I shouldn't have said old. I remember an evangelist. (laughs) I apologize. A mature evangelist. (laughs) I believe I said that. Um, whose name was Wilfred Moto. You remember him? Wilfred Moto. And when he prayed, I felt like I was being transported to the heavenlies. Um, you, you just feel the Spirit of God praying through him. But that mustn't discourage me from praying with others any more than watching great athletes and deciding that because they're so good and I can't, I can't be like that, that I might as well not try to stay in shape. Uh, it's not about comparing with other people, but rather it's about cultivating relationship with God and each other. So here's Matthew 18, verses 19 to 20. Jesus said, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by the Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Now, I'll often hear Christians say, where two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, He's present and in our midst. Isn't that great? Sometimes it just rolls off the tongue, including mine. But think about it. This is Emmanuel, God with us. This is the Shekinah glory of God that in the tabernacle and the temple, God's manifest presence descended like a cloud. And now... When Jesus was crucified, the curtain that separated from that section in the back of the temple was torn from top to bottom. And God said, you now have complete, bold access to the throne. This is the fulfillment of the Old Testament law and the prophets. This is the power of God present and resident. This is the one, we just sang about him who rose from the grave, is among us and interceding for us. Would you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When we pray together and when we take communion together like we will today, may we remember to take that in that He is truly present with us. This is the God of gods, King of kings and Lord of lords. The glory of glories. So that we offer praise and when we seek direction and we ask for wisdom and provision that He is present with us. Here are some of the things for us and and you could pick out others that we can learn about praying for each other and with each other. First of all, as I say, Jesus is very present. That's one reason to love praying. Just like you love hanging out and spending time with the people that you love the most. And we pray in Jesus' name, as that passage said, because He has given us authority to pray in His name, which also means according to His will. And we'll talk a little bit about prayer and and, and the struggle that we have and the tension that, that prayer isn't always answered the way that we would like. Because our desire is to pray and our need is to pray according to His will which we don't always understand. So we have authority in Jesus' name. In the verse before these two, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, whatever you forbid or bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And it's interesting that the tense that's used there because God actually is not confined by time. It's always the present for God. God designed time so that we could try to make sense of things. But God, is, God doesn't need time. God's eternal. And whatever you permit or loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven when it's according to his will. Proverbs 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And in Ephesians 2, we read, God has made us alive together with with Christ. By grace we've been saved, and he has raised us up with him and seated us spiritually in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I mean, it's not something that we can just say, yeah, I totally get that, I completely understand that, because it's a spiritual mystery, and it's amazing reality. We are spiritually in Christ, and as we pray according to His will, and as we wrestle with what that is, He will make it happen. And so when prayers are not answered, as we hope, we keep listening. We keep listening to hear and to understand what we can from the Holy Spirit. We continue to pray. We continue to press in. We continue to depend. We continue to trust and obey and learn and listen for God's will. When we pray with each other and for each other, there is restoration and unity. Have you ever experienced that? Restoration and unity through prayer. This passage, when Jesus is talking in, in, in Matthew 18, it's in the context of handling disagreements and conflict in the church. And this must not be lost on us because it's often not applied when people are in conflict. And this is, this is, this is where Jesus is, is speaking at this time. It's, it's applicable beyond that. But this is the context. I have seen people in the church who refuse to speak to each other because of some offense. And we'll talk more about that when we talk about forgiving one another. But they have been aggravated. They've been agitated. They've been animated. They've been constipated. (laughs) All of Maybe not that one. (laughs) But maybe. And if you ask them about it, you say, well, maybe you should talk to so-and-so about it. No, they say, I'm fine. Or in some some cases, they'll just completely flip a switch and say, oh, there's no problem. I'm okay. I'm good. But Jesus invites us to meet with him together. And that can be absolutely beautiful. Conflict has layers. And and understand, I'm not suggesting that a quick prayer is going to solve it all because it will not. It's, it's much more involved than that, many times. But when we pray for each other and we humbly come together and pray with one another, the spirit of the Lord is present and there can be freedom. I've seen it. It's beautiful. And sadly, I've often seen it avoided. When a spirit of reconciliation and restoration characterizes the church... There will be unity, not just compromise. There will be strength, not just appearances. There will be power, not just religious belief. Now this is a little impromptu this morning, but I'm asking Pastor Wayne to go to the rectors. The rectors are here this morning, and uh, there is was a, a just, just like in, the, in recent days, an amazing reality related to prayer together and unity. So uh, we want to hear this. Thank you, Jody.
0: So good morning everybody. Uh, If you don't know, we've spent the last week in the Mm -hmm. hospital with Rachel. Uh, She's actually here this morning. Um, We're not totally sure what's going on yet. She's not in critical condition, it's not life and death, but she's been in a a tremendous amount of pain and the doctors are kind of stumped. It was on Thursday evening where we started to maybe get some answers and uh, we're still not quite sure. She wasn't feeling the best this morning, but they did let her out on a, on a pass, so we could be in the hospital for a few more days yet. Um, with that said, as you know, we're, we're here visiting from Czech Republic. We live in Czech Republic as missionaries. And the church in Czech is very small. The spiritual climate is very dark. And I believe one of the greatest weapons the enemy uses is division against the church. And, and for as long as we've been there, we've really felt like the key to reaching our city and the country people, those hearts and minds is, is unity in the church. When the church can put aside uh, debatable matters and minor differences in the style of worship and minor doctrinal differences and come together. And we've really prayed that God would use us as a bridge in that. And we've had to be gentle. You can't you can't kick the door down and say, we're here, this is how to do it, and we're going to force you to partner with this person and that person. But naturally, we've just worked with a variety of churches in Yichava. And two of the main churches are the the Apostolic Church or it's the Pentecostal Assemblies Church in Czech and the Methodist Church. And they're lovely people in both churches. But so often they just, they forget that they're there. They don't get together. Um, I think maybe because of the historical nature of Czech Republic there's suspicion or just a lack of trust or a few debatable matters. And it it separates the church. And we've so longed to see them come together. Uh, And this past week, you know, we've been Updating people on Rachel's condition and, and how she's doing. And we just got a message yesterday that the, the Methodist Church and the Apostolic Church joined together in prayer and fasting for Rachel. Amen. Through this. So we're really praying and we cover your prayers Amen. that maybe maybe it was a love for us and a love for Rachel that brought them together. But in this time, it will be a love for Jesus Christ that, that, that binds them and keeps them together. And Amen. we'll see this as the beginning of that unity. Amen. So thank Amen.
1: you. Praise the Lord. What the enemy intends for evil, God intends for good. Second passage is uh, from James chapter 5, a few verses from there. And the gist of this passage is, is that we can talk to God in all of life's situations. As a parent, I, I love when my boys come home or our home, one of them lives at home, but when the other one comes home, well, we can just visit and talk together. I'm delighted if I could take one out for lunch, or we drive to a sporting event together, or, what, or just any opportunity just to, to be with them, because that's what I want more than anything. Uh, as a parent, I, I, I want to be with them, hear what's going on in their lives, influence them as I'm able, and pray for them, and pray with them. I even liked the fact that while I was preparing this section of the message, one of them came to me and actually told me, Dad, uh, I, I owe you some money and uh, just want to know if you want it. <laughs> uh, and I said, well, that'd be all right. Uh, but, but do I have to pay the tax on the $70? And I said, no, that's okay. Uh, if I could bless them a little bit. But uh, even that was okay for him to come come to me with a request. Uh, I don't know where you're at in your understanding of God and relationship with God, but God is a much better parent than I will ever be. And he's always inviting us to come to be with him alone and together. The difference being that God doesn't make mistakes like the rest of us do. As we pray together, we are also instruments of God's ministry. James asked, James 5.13, are you in trouble? Are you suffering? Then talk to God. And from what we heard from Jesus, pray together, not just alone. I was on a video call this past week with, with a group of pastors, and it was heartbreaking for us to hear that one of their children, a seven-year-old boy, had died two weeks ago. I don't even know the circumstances. But you know what we did immediately as we stopped our meeting and we prayed together and and i can't imagine the heartbreak and and some of you have been through the heartbreak of loss like that where we where we we need the body to love each other i love it when, when here whether on sunday or or any other time where people will just stop and pray to eat, pray with each other about concerns and challenges bless you and continue to do that in his letter to the galatians paul wrote for believers to carry each other's burdens and that's what that is about. Then James said, are you happy? Are you cheerful? Are you encouraged? Well, then sing God's praises. Uh, and if you wouldn't describe your voice as being angelic and you'd rather not sing praises, then you can speak them too. I believe that two of the most effective strategies of Satan in the West are number one, to see us too busy and distracted by prayer and too negative and unhappy to praise God. And we get mired in division, just as was happening in the Czech Republic. And praise God for the freedom of unity and praying together. When we choose to pray in praise, there is spiritual power that is released. I believe that. And it scares the enemy. It pushes back the enemy. And so that fragrance of Jesus is released that we talked about. James said, are you weak? Then call for the elders of the church and there to pray over that one. If you're weak or sick, anointing with oil in the name of Jesus. I don't believe that's just an exclusive prescription, that you only have the elders coming to pray. Call respected, mature brothers and sisters. Pray together in unity. But I know the elders here are very happy to do that, and the ministry team who are, are here every Sunday morning. There isn't necessarily power in the oil itself. But oil represents healing, and oil represents cleansing. It's often used as medicine in Jesus' day. And it represents the blessing and the power, the anointing of God. So pray in the name of the Lord, because that's where the power comes from. And I believe that there's something that's really important from this passage also that can be overlooked. Praying for physical healing is not to be done apart from praying for the health of the whole person. The health of our spirit, that intangible part of us breathed in from God, that's the most important part of us. And that means that our relationship with the Father and then with others is a priority of our prayers, that we would be healthy spiritually. Because the Hebrew people viewed the person as a unity, I believe we are too, spirit, mind, and body. So we pray for physical healing, amen? And we pray also, more importantly yet, for the health of our spirits. We pray for the health of our spirits and our minds and our bodies. And so James, who was a brother of Jesus, wrote, The prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. The Lord will raise up. And if he or she has committed sins, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous person can accomplish much. Ultimately, it's not just about saying certain words or taking a certain posture, although they may have importance as part of our learning in the school of prayer. And faith, faith is the key. Faith is not in ourselves. Faith is not in our prayers. Faith is not in our ability to pray. But our faith is in God. Our faith is in the power of the resurrected Christ. Our faith is in God's ability and in God's sovereignty and in God's will. And even though we don't always understand the stumbling blocks or the roadblocks that are, that are in between our prayers and their fulfillment as we would desire them, we continue to push, we continue to pray, we don't give in, we continue to press in and to seek God's will and we pray in faith. Romans 12 verse 3 tells us that faith is a gift from God. He apportions faith to us. In 2 Corinthians 10, 15, that faith can grow. So may we pray, may one of our prayers be, Lord, increase our faith, increase our understanding, and Lord, grow your faith in us. I wish God always healed the way that we would like and when we would like. Even the Apostle Paul, he wrote that he he prayed three times and he wasn't healed as he desired. That is no reason to stop. That is no reason to stop humbly and boldly petitioning God. Any more than we would stop going to school Just because we don't understand everything We continue and we push on And James gives a good reminder that That sin is real And sin affects relationships I don't want to guilt and shame people And say well just because a prayer wasn't answered You must be in sin Uh, Jesus, Jesus spoke to that When he healed one man and said This had nothing to do with the sins of himself or his parents He said the reason I heal him is to show the glory of God. That's our desire, to see God's glory. May we be free to apologize to others and to God and to give forgiveness. Not to to confess sin to God to get saved again, but rather to keep our side of communication with God unblocked. If there's a habit or there's an attitude that you just can't seem to shake, I encourage you to find a trusted friend and to get really honest with them because I really do believe and have experience that when we confess sin, there is a freedom and a release that comes from that, from rather than our just trying to do it on our own, and that is the word of the Lord. I was reminded this past week, too, of the value of journaling. Uh, Journaling isn't something that I do naturally, but I have particularly taken time to journal dreams, and visions that I've had that have been instructed for me. And let me encourage you that when we make a note of and share answers to prayer, small and large, it gives our faith a boost. So I encourage you to do that. A righteous person is somebody who's indwelled by Christ, who's committed to God and doing His will. God is designed to use the prayers of the saints. The book of Revelation, prayers are described as incense. There's that fragrance again. That powerful, cleansing fragrance to God. This morning, is the Spirit of God saying anything to you about prayer? About praying for others? About praying with others? Maybe there's somebody you need to go to. Uh, Maybe there's somebody you need to pray for. Maybe there's somebody that the Spirit has put on your mind, on your heart. It starts at home. I encourage you to be praying at home. I encourage you to, if you're married, to pray with your spouse, pray with your children. Uh, That is the foundation of Christ being the center of our home. And this morning, we've only scratched the surface about prayer. But remember that prayer is, it's an invitation it's not an ultimatum from the heart of a loving God. <coughs> Let me encourage you too and remind you that every Sunday morning before the service, there's a group that prays downstairs. Every Monday evening, there's a, there's a group of intercessors that come and meet to pray. And there are opportunities in all of the life groups. The more life groups that there are, the more prayer that, we'll, that there will be together because that's one of the important aspects Of life groups.
0: Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.